Buckle up Smashville, Barry Trotz is in the driver's seat now. On today's Locked On Predators, we're going to review all of the moves that he has made since taking over as general manager, and we're going to take a deeper dive into the Matt Duchesne buyout. All that's coming up on today's Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And of course, a special Monday, holiday Monday shout out to all of our faithful Locked On Predheads, our everydayers. We appreciate you guys, and we thank you for sharing a little bit of your day with us. I'm Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at InsideThePreds.com, and I'm usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is on vacation today. But friends, you and I, we have so very much to talk about. Like I said, Barry Trotz took over as general manager for the Nashville Predators, and he has wasted no time making some big moves. We have a lot to cover and we want to take a deeper dive into sort of the biggest news, I think, of the weekend. And that is the Predators have bought out Matt Duchesne's contract. So let's take, uh, let's kick this off with sort of a rundown of everything that has happened since we last posted Friday's episode. Of course, the big news on Friday, the news that we're going to dive into a little bit later in this episode, Matt Duchesne's buyout. On Friday, the Nashville Predators announced that they're going to be buying out Matt Duchesne's contract. So what does this mean? Well, our locked on Predheads know that this will, of course, change the dynamics of my marriage for sure this season. But this move also changes a lot for the Nashville Predators. And it's not just about finances for this team. We're going to take a deeper dive into what does buying out Matt Duchesne really mean for the Predators? And what is the takeaway from Matt Duchesne's time in Nashville? Let's just say, look, there may be peace in my marriage coming up this season, but it definitely comes at a cost. And we're going to weigh all that out coming up. Of course, that was Friday. Free agency in the NHL kicked off at 11 a.m. Central Time on Saturday when I was at Lowe's. Very inconvenient, very trots. But wasted no time. Trotsy was one of the first GMs to make some big moves, and they came rapid fire, my friends. Probably the biggest news on Saturday in free agency with the Nashville Predators is that Barry Trotz signed Ryan O'Reilly, the veteran two-way center. This is probably one of the top free agents that were on the market this year. You know, we've kind of talked here between Nick and I and also heard it said kind of across the league that in some ways this was a little bit of a lean free agency group. But Ryan O'Reilly, one of the biggest names in this free agency cycle, and Barry Trotz spoke very highly of him and was quick to sign him. Ryan O'Reilly most recently was with Toronto where he was traded when at the trade deadline. But of course, probably we know him best from his time with St. Louis. When he was in St. Louis with the Blues, he won the Stanley Cup, won the Selkie, won the Conn Smythe. 
Ryan O'Reilly is a 32-year-old veteran center, which is an interesting signing when you think back to how this Predators team is being constructed for a uh, youth movement. But 32-year-old center uh, Barry Trotz talked about why he signed him. Nick and I are going to dig a little deeper into this signing later on this week. It was a four-year, $18 million contract. Four and a half million against the salary cap for Ryan O'Reilly. So big news in Nashville. Before you could even say Ryan O'Reilly, word came out that Barry Trotz had also signed defenseman Luke Shen. So Luke Shen, this is a two-time Stanley Cup winner, friends. He hoisted the Stanley Cup with our good friend Ryan Patrick in Tampa Bay. 33 years old. Signed a three-year, $8.25 million contract. He also came from Toronto, but before that was with Vancouver. Luke Shen's a really interesting piece. Again, a guy we're going to dive into later on this week, so I don't want to say too much about it. But this is a, a an older player who really has kind of come into his own in some recent seasons. He adds some very specific things that Barry Trotz called out. We'll talk about that later, too. And... Again, before you could say, hey, Ryan O'Reilly, hey, Luke Shen, welcome, y'all. We had an announcement that Barry Trot signed Gustav Nyquist, forward, Swedish forward. Friends, you know I'm here for the Swedes. Another veteran, 33 years old. He was most recently traded from the Columbus Blue Jackets to Minnesota, only played, I think, three regular season games for Minnesota. He was recovering from a shoulder injury. Um, but uh, had five points in the six postseason games with the series against the Dallas Stars. Uh, Pred signed him to a two-year, $6.37 million contract. So like I said, there is a whole lot to be said about the Nyquist, Shen, O'Reilly signings. And we are going to say all the things later on this week. We're going to do closer looks at these. And we're going to share with you what Barry Trotz had to say about these additions. Why these guys why these veteran guys on a Nashville Predators team that was looking to get younger and faster. Very interesting insight from Barry Trotz when he talked with media over the weekend. Now, not the only news. I'm telling you, it was just insanity with the Nashville Predators over the weekend. Predators announced that they have signed Cody Glass. He was an RFA to a two-year, $5 million deal. I love this deal for Cody Glass. I think we really started to see Glasser come into his own at the end of last season with the veterans gone. This gives him a chance to really show what he can do, um, to show why he was a first-round draft pick for the Vegas Golden Knights, and really to sort of see if he is somebody who's going to grow into being a core piece for the Predators moving forward. Not to be outdone. Let's talk about restricted free agent Alexander Carrier. He decided not to go get cast in Bridgerton, but instead to sign a one-year, $2.5 million deal with the Nashville Predators. Barry Trotz talked a little bit about Carrier's signing, said, you know, just with his injuries last season, didn't see as much from him as he would have liked to have seen. Uh, signed him to a one-year deal. Feels really good that we're going to see some more of the Alexander Carrier from the 21-22 season. Not to be outdone, moves in Minnesota. Predators signed Troy Grosnick to a one-year $775,000 deal. He is going to be a veteran presence in net 
uh, partnering up with Yaroslav Askarov since Devin Cooley has gone and signed elsewhere. We will miss Devin Cooley and the bromance that was the goaltenders in Milwaukee. Also, Predators signed Anthony Angelo, who played with the Admirals to a two-year deal worth $1.55 million. Anthony Angelo, kind of a veteran presence uh, down there in Milwaukee, plays a very physical game. Um, you saw him do some things in the playoffs where he really sort of jump-started some of the younger players. So I think he has some value there. He does not yet realize, I don't think, that there aren't snacks in the sin bin. He spent a little too much time looking for some grub in there during the playoffs. But Angelo, they liked what they saw from him. He's back for two years. And the news that warms our hearts here in Nashville, can I get an amen and a hey, y'all, for Mark Borvietsky, the new pro development coach for the Nashville Predators. So so much going on with the Preds uh, over the weekend. You couldn't hardly take a bathroom break without Barry Trotz doing something else. We talked to him Saturday afternoon after all of this unfolded. And he even said, you know, you guys, I need a nap. And I thought from your lips to God's ears, Barry Trotz, we're going to need you to slow your roll. Um, so again, tons going on, but the thing that we want to talk about today, the thing that I really want to dive in with, um, with y'all about today is a subject that you all know, Lockdown Predheads know is near and dear to my heart. And that is Matt Duchesne, no longer with the Nashville Predators. The Predators bought him out. We're going to dive into the conversation about that, the finances, the logistics, and what does it mean? We're going to do all that coming up. First, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. So take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel, and you are going to get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's right. You will get up to $200. So just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to make the first home run. And all of this you can do on an app that is safe, it's secure, and it is super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. So there's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So go sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so let's just dive in. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and let's have a frank discussion about Matt Duchesne. So on Friday, Matt Duchesne was placed on unconditional waivers with the purpose of a buyout. Uh, Matt Duchesne was due $20 million in actual salary over the next three years. It was an $8 million AAV over the next three years. Very interesting point that Nick made on Twitter on Friday, shortly after this news broke. Matt Duchesne's contract was structured in such a way that a no move clause, I believe it was no move clause, was about to kick in within the next day or so. 
So this move was made right before Duchesne's no move clause kicked in. And, and look, from everything that Matt Duchesne has said, he would have taken advantage of that clause. Duchesne was very happy here. At the end of the season press conference, when we got a chance to talk to all of the players, one of the things that I thought was really interesting that Matt Duchesne said was, I love it here in Nashville. I want to play for this organization. I want to be in Nashville. And I thought that it was interesting for him to make that statement. You know, this is somebody that still had three years remaining on a contract. This is somebody that had been credited with being a veteran presence in a young locker room before his injury. And so I thought it was an interesting point that he was making to say, hey, I want to stay here in Nashville. It kind of felt like it was one of those, well, doesn't that go without saying? Um, but apparently it does not, my friends, go without saying. So let's talk about what the buyout looks like. So let's talk about the finances and the logistics of this. So again, Duchesne had three years remaining on his contract. So what that means is that the buyout is spread out over six years. So according to Cap Friendly, this is how Duchesne's buyout breaks down for the Nashville Predators. Next season, the Predators will pay $2.56 million, $24.25 that's going to go up to 5.56 million. 25-26, we're going to peak at 6.56 million. And then from 2026 through 2029 seasons, it's going to be 1.56 million. That's going to be your six season breakdown to buy out Matt Duchesne. So this is going to cost them a little over $19 million over six years. Interesting because it was only going to cost the Nashville Predators $24 million over the next three years AAV. So this move doesn't seem to be purely financial. You know, this buyout adds dead cap. You know, the Predators are going to be carrying about $8.8 million of dead cap next season. They're going to be paying Kyle Turris not to play here. They're going to play Matthias Ekholm, God love our Swede. Um, they're going to be paying Ryan Johansson, and now they're going to be paying Matt Duchesne. Those four guys are going to be paid not to play here. So it's an interesting financial move. It's not like it frees up a ton of space for the Predators. It does give a little wiggle room. But I think that this move probably was more about more than finances for Barry Trotz. So let's look at some other numbers. Matt Duchesne uh, came here. He played four seasons with the Nashville Predators in total, 249 games played, 84 goals, 197 points. Here's a number that really surprised me when I was looking at Matt Duchesne's time in Nashville in four years. Matt Duchesne only had 10 game winning goals and 10 game winning goals. is a big deal. Like let's it's 10 more games than they would have won without him. But for some reason in my mind, I sort of felt like Matt Duchesne is the guy who gets it done. Like he's the guy that wins the games for you. And so I was kind of surprised. I expected that number to be a little bit higher. Also in four seasons, uh, only 16 power play goals. Now I feel like that can't be right. Oh, you know what that was? He had 16 power play goals last season. 
So in 2021-22, he was the team's leading scorer. This is the season that we all want to talk about when we talk about Matt Duchesne. He spent that season chasing the franchise single season goal record with Philip Forsberg. Of course, Matt Duchesne edged him out with 43 goals in a single season. Matt Duchesne finished with 86 points. He had 43 goals, 43 assists. And then we get to last year. And I think expectations were very high for Matt Duchesne and for Philip Forsberg, quite honestly, after the previous season. Like, okay, he has hit his stride. You know, a little rocky in the start of his season. We're going to talk about that later. But he's hit his stride. This is this is the Matt Duchesne we're paying $8 million for. In last season, 2022-23, 71 games played. Remember, he missed, oof, that disgusting finger injury, which he described in detail at the end of the season press conference. And it made me very sweaty and uncomfortable. Uh, 71 games played last season, 22 goals and 56 points. He was still with 22 goals, the Predators leading scorer. Woof. Okay. Nashville Predators, again, gotta, gotta have some offense. Uh, Barry Trot says you have a scoreboard because you need to score. Uh, only had five power play goals last season as well. Um, so it's interesting because on the team, again, leading scorer, he was second in points only to Roman Yossi. So it's not necessarily like, you know, the team was doing well and he just was off and underperforming. Everybody underperformed last season. So it does beg the question, you know, you, you look at these stats and you talk about the finances and it begs the question. So if the Nashville Predators aren't saving a lot of money, why did they buy him out? And why didn't Barry Trotz make a trade? Why couldn't he get a trade done with Duchesne? We're going to talk about those two questions coming up, and we're going to ask two other big questions that just have to be a part of a conversation when you're talking about what happened with Matt Duchesne this weekend. All right, so let's talk about this. Uh, why did the Preds opt for a buyout when they were able to deal Ryan Johansson? This is a really interesting question. You know, Two seasons ago, if you would have told a Nashville Predators fan, hey, we're going to be able to clear one of those $8 million contracts off the books, it would have been a hallelujah and an amen. Those have been albatrosses for the Nashville Predators. They've been kind of the two contracts that we point to when you're talking about, let's do a reset. Let's go out and get a big guy. Look, we, we've got all this money tied up in two centers who, for the most part, I would say, compared to their salaries... I think most Nashville Predators fans would say they underperformed. So one got dealt. Joe, Ryan Johansson did. Granted, salary was retained on that, but Ryan Johansson made a trade for. Um, and look, the Predators were clearly going to be willing to retain some salary with Matt Duchesne. I don't think there would be any expectation that they would be able to trade him without salary retention. So why a trade for Johansson and not for Duchesne? We uh, point blank asked Barry Trotz this question when he addressed the media on Saturday about this situation. And um, he said, look, here's, here was the hitch in the giddy up with Matt Duchesne. It simply came down to it was three years. 
Ryan Johansson, two years. And there, believe it or not, there is a huge difference between a, taking on a two-year risk with a veteran who is in his 30s, you know, early 30s, just 30, and taking on a three-year contract. You know, you're really looking at uh, assessing some risk a little bit differently, I think. Um, and, and he said, you know, I made phone calls. I really tried. I really tried to work a deal. I tried to get some parties interested in this. But the catch for everyone was across the board that third year on the contract. Uh, just could not find a team that was going to be willing to do three-year move, even with retained salary. So couldn't trade him. Already had Johansson off the book. Why the buyout? Again, not saving a ton of money. Why the buyout? You know, you, you have a veteran. You just now brought in more veterans. Why didn't Barry Trot say, hey, you know what? We're just going to stick with Matt Duchesne as the veteran presence in the locker room and uh, not go out and get somebody like Ryan O'Reilly. This all comes down to one word. And this is a word that Barry Trotz has talked about from the moment he was announced as the GM he talked about it at the end of the season in the press conference, and he talked about this on Saturday when addressing these moves, Matt Duchesne buying out, and also especially referred to culture when he talked about Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Luke Shen and Gustav Nyquist coming in, and that word is culture. Friends, Barry Trotz is not coming in to have a locker room that is the same old Nashville Predators. And is that not something that Nashville Predators fans have really wanted to hear for a while? And it's true. We've really wanted to hear for a while. You know what? What we're doing isn't working. We need a change. Barry Trotz feels like that change is going to start with culture. So in his press conference, he addressed this. I want to share with you what it is that Barry Trotz said about culture. Yes, well, it's been a, uh, a very busy few days, if you will, uh, and you saw some of the, the, the major pieces that we, we look for. And if you remember when I, I first came here on the first press conference, I said a couple things I want to do. I, I want to uh, change a little bit of the culture. Not that the culture was bad, but it just needed a little tweak. I was looking for serial winners. I wanted to put play, you know, allow our a path for our, our young guys to develop and, 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 you know, be, be surrounded by those, those type of people, um, and have those placeholders in place so that we can, we can let that skill speed, uh, all the things that we've drafted, uh, mature and, uh, and, and get to a place where we're going to have a, a good run at it for a long time. So, um, that's what we tried to do want to hit on a couple of very specific words that Trotz talked about. He talked about the term serial winners. And I love this term. You look at Ryan O'Reilly and you look at Luke Shen and, and you are looking at even Ryan Patrick, you know, Ryan McDonough has won back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. And that was something that was very important when David Poyle brought McDonough in, you know, having somebody that's done it, having somebody that knows what it takes. Those are serial winners. And Barry Trotz wants those voices in the locker room right now. Here's what I will say. Y'all know 
I am a defender of Matt Duchesne. I really like Matt Duchesne as a player. I think he's fantastic as a person from every you know experience that I've had with him. Matt Duchesne is a very good hockey player. But was he a serial good player or was he a serial winner? And I think there's a difference between building your team around serial good players and serial winners. And here's what I want to say about that. So much about winning the Stanley Cup. Nick and I have talked about this. So much about winning the Stanley Cup is a little bit of wizardry. You know, it has to do with injuries. A lot has to do with timing. When does a team peak? A lot has to do with energy. A lot has to do with being able to make adjustments through the season. So much is circumstantial that goes into winning a Stanley Cup. And not every really good player in the NHL is going to win a Stanley Cup. Now, I will I don't know what I will faint if, if Connor McDavid doesn't, but Connor McDavid is an example of a really, really good hockey player. He's the best player in the league. Hasn't yet won a Stanley cup. So there's a difference between being a really good hockey player like Matt Duchesne is and being somebody who has lifted the cup again, a lot of it's circumstance, but when you have the opportunity to have someone in your locker room that has won the cup, that has won the consummate, that has had to win a Stanley Cup, start all over again the next season and climb back up that mountain to win back-to-back cups. Those players know things that even serial good players who haven't won the cup don't know. They do. They know things. They have learned things about what it takes to win a Stanley Cup. And yes, every team can say, here are the elements that go into winning a Stanley Cup. I just sat here and said, here are the elements that go into winning a Stanley Cup. But when you do it, when you play those 82 games and when you win all those playoff series and when you finally battle in the Stanley Cup finals and you win that cup, you know things that really good players don't know. And there is a difference between being a serial cup winner or a serial winner and being a serial good player. And if you are rebuilding a team and your team is focused on growing and mentoring a young group of players who eventually will be the core of this Nashville Predators team, do you want to surround them with serial good players, which is what the Nashville Predators had in their locker room last season? They had really good players. Or do you want to surround those young people with serial winners who know some things about what it takes to win the Stanley Cup? Barry Trotz said something Saturday afternoon that I think was profoundly impactful. And I don't think that he necessarily meant this as any sort of a backhanded uh, statement or a value statement about anybody, Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, you know, any, any of these players that aren't here anymore. But here's what he said. He said, I don't want players to come to Nashville to retire. I want players to come to Nashville to win. Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, those boys want to win. And he, 
again, not saying that Matt Duchesne doesn't want to win the cup. You don't play in the NHL. You don't do what these players do because you don't want to win the cup. But Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, they know what it takes to do it and they want to do it again. Every player wants to win, but these guys that Barry Trotz just signed, they know the way. And Matt Duchesne is a profoundly talented NHL player, but is he the voice that you want teaching these young players? Or if you bring in cup winners, are they going to give these young players something that maybe a serial good locker room might not give them? You know, I, you know, I try to liken it to, you know, if you're going to climb Mount Everest, do you want to climb Mount Everest with a guide who really, really wants to get there and who reads about it and who, you know, practices and gets themselves in really great physical shape to do it? Or do you want to climb Mount Everest with somebody who has read about it, who has practiced, who has gotten themselves in really good shape and who has gotten there, who has seen the top of Mount Everest? Which guide do you want leading you? You know, you want the guy that's been there. And I think this whole decision, bringing in Ryan O'Reilly, bringing in Luke Shen, um, Ryan Johansson being traded, Matt Duchesne being bought out, I think more than anything, those moves are not about Johansson and Duchesne. I think those moves are about the youth. I think it's about the Luke Evangelistas and the Yuso Parsimons and the Joachim Kamels and the Cody Glasses. I think these moves are about the youth. I don't think it's necessarily a statement about Matt Duchesne. I think there are people who are going to infer some things, but I don't think that it's necessarily about Duchesne and Johansson. I think it's about the youth. So did Matt Duchesne even get a fair chance in Nashville? You know what? This is an argument that you know, I have made before. And, and I wonder this, I think this is a, a fair question to ask. You know, he came in Peter Laviolette's last season. I think it was November when we had the, the whole Kirk, uh, Kyle Turris, uh, healthy scratch kind of drama in the locker room by January, it seemed very apparent that there was some sort of disconnect between the players and Laviolette when David Poyle made the change in, in the middle of the season, I think shocked everybody, brought in John Hines. It was very clear that there was something going on. David Poyle said, I would fire the players. It's not the coach, but you can't fire an entire roster, so we're going to make a coaching change. Brought in John Hines, and within a few months, COVID hit. And then you had, you know, the season stalled. And then you had kind of that bubble playoff situation where the Predators didn't make the play-in round against Arizona. And then you had the COVID-shortened season. Then finally, you get back to some regular seasons, 21-22. And then you have this franchise record-setting year for Matt Duchesne. And you think, okay, we're over it. We've been through the coaching change. We've been through COVID. We're back on track. And then we have last year, 22 goals, 56 points, you know, not where expectations were. You know, part of it, I think, did Matt Duchesne really have a line mate that set him up for success? You know, Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne played well together. I think they fed off of each other in 21-22 when they were chasing that record. But Nick and I have talked about this, you know, are you a guy who wants somebody to come in and make you a better player or are you the veteran making players better? 
And you gotta, you know, you have to wonder about that. I do feel for Matt Duchesne. Um, he did mention he spoke briefly. I believe it was to Sportsnet. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was to Sportsnet. And he used the word heartbroken to describe how he felt about this decision. You know, and I do hate that. This is brutal. Y'all, this kind of stuff is really tough. And I, and I know it's the gig and I know he gets paid millions of dollars, but this is a tough thing. It's tough for his family. He's got a young family. They've been situated here in Nashville. He loves Nashville. Matt Duchesne, I imagine, will one day retire in Nashville. Um, not yet, friends. He did just sign a one-year, $3 million deal with the Dallas Stars. So... I feel gross about that on a number of levels. Um, makes you wonder is, you know, is he going to go all Ellie Tolvanen on the Nashville Predators when they face off December 23rd when we host the Dallas Stars here at home at Bridgestone? Y'all, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with Matt Duchesne's season in Dallas. It, it will be interesting to see. It was an interesting weekend, y'all. Matt Duchesne's buyout, I think, caught a lot of people off guard. And again, we talked about Barry Trotz signing these free agents. So want to let you know, later this week, Nick and I are going to take a much closer look at Ryan O'Reilly, Luke Shen, Gustav Nyquist, these signings, what they mean, why Barry Trotz wanted those guys, what we think they're going to bring, how we see them fitting into the lineup. And we're also going to take some time and break down what we want to see from Cody Glass and Alexander Carrier in these next couple of seasons that we have them here. So there is so much coming up this week on the Lockdown Predators podcast. And again, who even knows what Barry Trotz is going to do next? So it, it really, it could be anything. Friends, buckle up. Barry Trotz is driving the bus now. So uh, lots to look forward to this week. We will uh, be off tomorrow. Happy July 4th to our American listeners. We hope you all have a safe and happy 4th of July. Nick and I will be back on Wednesday tackling all of the news for the Nashville Predators. Between now and then, you can check out my work at InsideThePreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at AnnK underscore Mama on Ice. And you can uh, check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. Of course, you can listen to the podcast anywhere that you find your favorite podcasts. And we are, of course, on YouTube. If you're there, uh, give it a like and subscribe. That way you're going to know every time we have new content coming out. So thank you again, for making Locked on Predators your first listen of the day, everyone. We hope that you have a great Monday. We will be off tomorrow, but we will be back Wednesday and we'll be talking all things free agents. So take care and we'll talk with you soon.